You're listening to episode 103 of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. In today's episode, I can't wait to introduce you to our guest, Brooke Jefferson, who is going to shed light on how to get noticed and stand out in your saturated market as a photographer. Brooke is a fellow podcaster, photographer, and business coach who thrives on helping photographers book more clients through marketing their business on social media and building relationships with their local communities. Her focus is helping others maximize their potential by creating a profitable, sustainable, and most importantly, a fulfilling photography business. She's built a six-figure business that was born from a newfound passion in 2014. Her podcast, Book More Clients Photography Podcast is a top-ranked show and has over 200,000 downloads to date. She also has a photographer community on Facebook with over 8,000 members. Brooke is a wife and mom to two residing in Oklahoma. I can't wait to get into today's episode, so if you're ready, let's do this. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mom photographers out there feeling overwhelmed trying to raise a thriving family and build a profitable business you love. I'm a business and motherhood coach, brand photographer, podcaster, wife, and homeschooling mama saved by grace, so I can totally relate to the never-ending to-do lists endless hours of editing, and the trail of messes strewn across the floor. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to step into the role as CEO in your motherhood and your business. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, take some serious action, and embrace hard things for the sake of growth, then you're in the right place. Hey there, Brooke. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today, and I can't wait to talk about how to stand out from your competition. But before we dive in, I would love for you to just take a minute, introduce yourself to the listeners, and let us know who you are, what you do, and who you live with. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for inviting me on your show. This will be a super fun topic and one that I know everyone is asking in the back of their heads all the time. How can I possibly stand out? So um, my name is Brooke Jefferson. I'm a wife, a mom to two, a photographer, a business coach, and a podcaster. And we live in Southwest Oklahoma, I was a former teacher before I jumped into the full-time role as a photographer, and then I kind of developed this passion into teaching photographers how to do what I did. So that pretty much sums it up on my end about who I am and where we're from. That's awesome. Thank you. I did not realize that we shared a education background. So I have my degree in elementary ed, but actually never went into teaching. So that's cool, though, that we both have that background. That is funny. I actually have my degree in elementary education. And when I went into teaching, I taught kindergarten first. And then right after that, 
the very next year, I ended up switching school districts, which was closer to home. And they used my elementary education degree and stuck me in middle school. And it was it was awful. I'll just say it very nicely. And I was so excited to be done and go full time into um, f- into photographing. And quite honestly, that was what gave me the fuel to the fire to leave my teaching career. So I love that we share that too. Yes. I'd love to know a little bit more too. Like how did you make that transition? So you just kind of knew this, this is not for me. This is not what I thought it was. And then what got you started with photography? Yeah. So I actually started my photography business when I was 20 and my daughter was six months old it was just the mom tog thing. You wanted to take pictures of your kid. And then I had my best friend. She had a daughter as well. And I took the camera and took pictures of them. And I don't know what happened during that session, but I just had this burning passion come alive. And I just started chasing after it and just kind of following the, the, I guess the fire, if you will. And six months later, I had a full client roster. Um, and I balanced working part time going to college and running a photography business. And I ran that photography business all the way up until I went full time with it. So I had been in business, I want to say, I believe it was four or five years before I went full time with it. That's so interesting. I love that. So how long have you been in business now? So I guess how old is your youngest? That would be eight years, almost nine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So I know I am a little over the 10-year mark now, and it's definitely been a journey. And so I'm super excited to get into like what you've learned along the way to help stand out, because that is the number one thing I hear people say is like, there are so many photographers. It's just so saturated. Is there room for me? How can I stand out? So I'd love to hear from your perspective. What can people do to stand out from their competition? Yes, absolutely. So before we dive into the three things that I think really help photographers stand out is I want to address the saturation belief. Yes, it is true that there is saturation in our industry, but when you look at it from a bird's eye view, when something is saturated, what that is actually screaming and telling you is that there are there is a demand for what we have. And so I want you, instead of looking at your area and seeing an endless sea of photographers, I want you to actually see the possibility and the potential that you have to be able to dominate your market because it absolutely can be done. And there will always be more than enough photographers around you. But I also want you to understand that there is more than enough clients to go around. There's no way that even with all the photographers we have in the world right now, there's no way that we can all serve every single human being on planet Earth. So I want you to take that with you as we dive into these tips and understand that First, you have to believe there's a market for you. Otherwise, you're not going to waste your time going through what we're going to talk about today. So yes, I do think that there definitely is saturation, but I think we should look at it as a positive rather than a negative. Ashley, what is your your thought on my response for that? I think that's an incredible perspective to have. And mindset is something that really truly is going to get you through the long haul. Like if you want photography to be 
your career, you have to get used to the fact that you you do have to have a positive mindset. You do have to have that thick, tough skin as an entrepreneur, and you have to believe that it's possible. So I love that you bring up that perspective. Awesome. Okay. Well, with that being said, I will start transitioning into the three steps that I want to bring you guys today. And the first one is going to be the hardest for you to accept, but it is so true. So the first key to success to you really standing out is that you have to be known for something. And in order to be known for something, you need to be able to niche down. And I know you've probably heard this before and you probably ran in the opposite direction because this is something that you don't want to do necessarily because you believe that if you specialize or if you you know, narrow down into one specific type of photography genre that you're essentially leaving money on the table, but it's actually the opposite. So if you are going to be what I coined Susan down the street, who has a camera, has the ability to take good pictures, but she just does it and she does a little bit of everything. You come to her and she says, yes, I can photograph that. There's a couple problems. Number one, we're not serving the client to the best of our ability because let's be honest, there are certain types of photography that we're just not called to. We're not skilled at, not that you can't learn, but there's natural types of photography that you are driven to and others that you're like, yeah, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. And so what I want to get across here is that when you specialize and you become the go-to person, for a specific type of photography or a specific type of an ideal client community, then that is what is going to get you stuck in people's minds. So if you want to specialize in maternity and newborns, those go hand in hand. You are getting a client that is going to be a repeat client, first of all. Okay, so that's less marketing you have to do because you're going to serve them in both their maternity pregnancy journey, and in their newborns. The other thing is every single time someone gets pregnant or has a friend or a family member that is pregnant and looking for a maternity or a newborn photographer, you are going to be more than likely to pop up in their mind rather than Susan down the street who does a little bit of everything. So that's my take on having a niche. I promise there's always so much hesitancy with this. I was scared. All of my students are scared to do this. But once they take that leap, They always come back and say, I can't believe that you were right. So thank you for pushing me to do what's uncomfortable. But that is naturally what drove so many of them to triple their income in a solid year. That is so true. And I love that you bring this up because a lot of people, as you mentioned, are terrified and they think, you know, well, I'm just not going to have a business if I pick one. But also to add to what you said narrowing in on your niche or niche, however you say it, um, there's always up for debate. (laughs) But I um, also believe that it helps hone in your messaging and makes content creation for that specific ideal client so much easier as well. I love that you said that. Yes. So one thing that I do want to tap into, because this is sometimes the hardest part, 
the, the first part, your, your first obstacle, if you will, to really deciding like, okay, I believe her, this is something that I need to do. The first part is getting over the fact that it actually is going to help your business. And so you kind of have to set the fear aside. But then you get into this, the next part of this, which is, well, how do I even begin to niche myself? And so for those of you that are like, I know I need to do this, but I don't know where to start. I want to give you a tangible. I'm really big on giving actionable items that we're able to do. That way we're not just listening to a podcast for fun saying that was awesome and moving on. I want you guys to change your business. And so my tangible step here is I want you to make a list. We're going back to like second grade here. I want you to get a piece Mm -hmm. of paper. I want you to fold it hot dog style or lengthwise style. And then I want you to draw a line down the middle. And then now you have two columns. On the left side, I want you to put love. And on the right side, I want you to put like a big X. Okay, like no way, not for me. Okay, so on your paper, you've got you've got one category of love. And then on the right side of your paper, you've got basically like, nope, hate this, not for me. I don't feel confident. What I want you to do is I want you to start writing on both sides of this paper, the types of photography that intrigue you, that inspire you. Is there a particular type of photographer you follow most over on Instagram or Facebook? Write down what types of photography that is that draws you in. Is there one that if I asked you, if you could only photograph one type of photography for the rest of your life, and I promise I'm not boxing you in, but I just want you to do this exercise right now in this season, what would your answer be? So all those things are going to go under the love column. And then I want you to write on the right side, all of the things that make you sick to your stomach to think about or types of photography that you've tried before um, that just scared you or didn't work out well, or you just felt like you probably weren't the best person for that. Um, And then any type of photography that you're like, I'm totally not into that, like never, ever, probably not for me. And then you're going to see the right side of the paper. Those are all the things that you are not going to niche in. Okay, so that part's easy. And then what you're left with is it might be one thing and then that is just going to tell you right there, like that's your North Star, that's where you're headed, or you're going to have a couple different ones. And then what I want you to do is I want you to take about, you know, three to six months to really try out all of those things that you said you're drawn to, inspired by, etc. And then I want you to narrow it down from there. See which ones really light your soul. And then the last thing I want to say real quick about niching is when you decide on what you want to be known for, what you want your specialty to be, I want you to have permission that it can change in the future. What we're trying to get you to do right now, though, is to specialize so you can build your client base. You can always change your mind and pivot later, but this is going to be the number one way that you're going to um I guess build your success faster. And so that is number one all about the niche. I love that. Thank you so much. And I was going to even add to that what you already said, but sometimes, you know, you don't know what you're passionate about until you go out and try it. And so obviously for the new list, like the newer photographers that are listening, you're it's gonna take a little bit of time for you to figure out what you love and what you don't love. And so just wanted to add that. But I thought it would be really cool for us to just take a sec real quick. And why don't you share with the audience what your 
specialty is. What do you specialize in? Oh, I love this. Yes. Okay. So I am a, I specialize in lifestyle family photography and how I figured this out had a lot to do with my background, my backstory, what is important to me, my values, all of those things, which I teach this in depth in my program, as I'm sure you probably chat on these things as well. Um, But I really decided for me, really just looking back at what was most important to me, I've lost two younger brothers, both to very tragic ways um, at young ages. And so that obviously changes you, especially when you're a child losing your sibling, but it also changes you when you become a mom and you look back on all of these things. And so on my worst days, I typically am wanting to pick their photographs up, pictures of us. It just kind of comforts me and to see their face. But what I quickly realized was we didn't take very many pictures. And that was kind of, I mean, these are things you can never get back. You don't get a redo. It's either you took them or you didn't. And that's kind of, that was what really was my driving force when I became really serious about my photography business and what I wanted to stand for. So that is my niche. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I definitely do think our experiences in life do shape the direction that we take our photography. And as you said, we can always change and pivot as our experiences change and as we grow and evolve as a photographer, which I think is so beautiful. So I started as a wedding photographer and did that for 10 years and now I'm transitioned and just focusing on brand photography. So it's always interesting to me to hear how people selected their specialty and then, you know, it it might change in the future and it's always really fun to see. Yeah, I think it is too. And again, you don't have to have some big tragedy that happened in your life to choose your niche, but some of us naturally are drawn there. I know one of my students and dear friends went through a lot of infertility, and that is why her specialty is in maternity and newborns because she's able to relate to them. Um, They also do a lot of like infertility photographs just to kind of not in a negative way, but in a positive way, always remember that season of their life because there's still so much meaning and purpose in it. And so I just, it doesn't have to be that big. It could just be you narrowed it down and you just decided this is something I really like and want to do. And that is okay too. Yes. So can you share with us a little bit about how you sort of, so you decided on the lifestyle family photography, but like, how did you know who you were speaking to specifically, because there's so many families, right? (laughs) So like, how do you sort of narrow that in? For sure. Okay. So this kind of comes into number two, which is building a brand. And the way I like to talk about this, and I know you're a branding photographer, and there's a lot of different ways that you can describe what a brand is to people. But I think when we're specifically talking about our businesses, especially as photographers, Branding to me is, in a way, your reputation. It's what precedes you. And I think that's really important to understand. And there's a lot of different aspects of branding. Of course, you've got the visual. So whether you are actually in the photograph or you're doing like the visual colors and the fonts and the designs and the logos, all of that absolutely plays a role. But branding at a heart level and at an emotional level, it is that. It is emotional. You want to make people 
feel something about your brand. Because again, Susan down the street is just having a good time, hoping she makes a lot of money taking pictures, but she's not specializing. There's nothing that sets Susan apart from everyone else. And so she kind of gets lost in the sea of nameless photographers. And what I want for you is I want you to build a brand where people are like, I relate to her or to him, and I have to work with this photographer. That's what I want people to, to think and say about you. So it starts there. It starts by asking yourself, how do I want to make people feel? When people are looking at their images, what are the emotions that I want them to cycle through? And then how can I take those emotions from the session and from the images that they are getting back? How can I take those emotions and infuse that into my brand? How can I build a reputation to where people are like, that is definitely Brooke's work. I can tell before even looking at who took that picture. And so your brand starts with your photographs and in the way that you are communicating with clients. And I really do think that it starts in the photograph because we are artists. And so start there. Okay. So once you are like, I'm good on my niche, I know what I want. Okay. Awesome. If you decided, Hey, I want to be like an intimate backyard wedding photographer. And these are the feelings and the emotions that I want my brides to feel write all of those down and then start and start building a brand off of that. Okay. And so, and this takes a long time. Branding is one of those things where I don't think we've ever fully arrived. I also don't think we ever fully arrive in our photography success either, but I want you to just have fun with this. And if you're a perfectionist like me, do your best to just like loosen the reign of control and just have fun with this because at least you'll be five steps further than you were before listening to this podcast. So that's a little bit about how I would get started building your brand. Again, it goes back to the heart level, the emotions. And then from there, you can hire an awesome, you know, brand designer. You can make your own, whatever you want to do. And then let the colors reflect the emotions that you're wanting and the reputation you're wanting to carry. Such a great perspective, Brooke. And one thing I'd like to add from the brand photographer perspective is I always tell the girls in my program too that you are your brand. Yes. Like the one of the big things that will set you apart in the industry as that photographer is you and your face. And I I see so many photographers out there who I would say make the mistake of not showing their face because they feel like people don't care. Like, oh, they're at my page just to see my work. And I'm like, well, that is true. But they also want to see who is the artist behind that photo. And so if you are not consistently showing up, you know, either on your website or in social media or however else you are connecting with your potential clients and past clients for that matter, they're not going to know who you are. And again, you're not going to stand out to them if they can't connect with you on that personal level. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you brought this up. Again, branding is... There's just so many. It's like the spider web. You know, when we're brainstorming, you draw the word in the middle and then you start adding the the legs and the circles on the little brainstorm map. That's what kind of came up in my head. For and sure. there's, there's just so many parts to branding. And again, like 
I teach this in my program, you teach this in yours. And there's obviously we go more in depth, but showing your face is so important. And I really want you to hear me. There's a lot of things that are different post pandemic than it was pre pandemic. And it's also with the generation coming up behind us. And they want to know they're more on personal connection and relating to the companies. They want shared values and they want shared experiences more than they want to work with just like a really cool logo and someone who never shows their face. So we're, you know, we're in 2022. So if you are not showing your face yet, you're a little bit behind to start doing it today. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Ashley. Yes, I could definitely talk about it all day. And you're right. There are so many different facets to branding and it can feel super overwhelming, but Brooke just simplified it for you and gave you the exact place to start. I love it. Okay. So let's chat about now that we kind of have a better picture of our brand, like how do we start to infuse our brand into client experience? Yes. Okay. So this last piece First of all, you have to do the first two in order to get to the third one. It just won't work if you skip number one or number two and you just try to do this last part. So number one and number two help you, especially with your marketing, because I know, again, how do we stand out? How do I get people to come to me? So those are vital to your marketing. Now, what's vital to a healthy client relationship and getting people to rave about you, come back to you, and refer their friends and family comes down to crafting a client experience that makes them raving fans. And so what you're going to do in this particular section, and again, the I could write a novel on all three points, as Ashley has said too, um, but where we want you to start is I want you to start infusing that brand that you have envisioned, those emotions, all of those things, and I want you to infuse that into your client experience. Now, the only way to really get specific and specialized in your client experience, again, is to have that niche, which helps influence your brand, which now gets infused into that client experience. So I want you to think about the niche that you are leaning towards, the niche that you chose, and now we're going to craft a client experience. Now, all a client experience really means in tangible, um, in a tangible aspect is that what happens from the time someone finds out that you exist, your brand, and inquires with you all the way until the gallery delivery or the images that are the um, physical prints and products at the doorstep and beyond. So what happens between point A and point B? And there's so many things. And for every single one of us, our photography business looks different. We handle things differently. But this is where you're really going to hone in on how can I go the extra mile and really wow my clients with my client experience. And so when you know your niche, this is going to be a lot easier. So I'm going to give you an example specifically with preference of communication. So there are limitless options out there on how people want to communicate. You've got texting, you've got phone calls, you've got emails, you've got messenger. There's just so many things, so many ways that we're communicating. And what I want you to think about is for your niche in particular, how does your ideal client prefer to communicate? Because we can build out 
a beautiful email sequence, but if we're dealing with a 17 or 18-year-old high school senior who does not even open her email, right, then they're not going to really be a part of that experience. Whereas if you're like, I'm going to text you and I'll text you once a week for four weeks and then that way they can go through every step in your process, they'll see it quickly and they'll be able to get things to you in a timely manner. Okay, so that's an example with a senior. Now, if we're talking about you are going to be the go-to newborn photographer and you've got a sleep-deprived mom or a, or a mom that's on the edge of labor and she's just exhausted and <laughs> kind of wants this pregnancy to be over with, but she's also juggling so many other hats, how does she prefer to be communicated to? Because throwing, you know, eight template guides at her and trying to send her 12 emails in a span of four weeks, like that's not going to cut it. And that's not actually serving your client. That's just having a bunch of stuff, which is really hard for me to say because I have a template shop and I'm like, oh my gosh, like now no one's going to want to buy a template. But I think you understand what I'm saying here. And it's just you need to design this client experience that truly is meant for this niche and this ideal client that you're wanting to speak to. Oh, you brought up so many good points about the client experience, and I love that. And this is, like you said, one of those topics that, again, has multiple facets to it. And, you know, I would even add that the client experience, too, is how your client feels about the experience. So not just like the actual tangible steps they go through, but are they getting the communication with you before they even think to ask the question, right? Because that's always something too. On the flip side of, you know, being someone else's client, I'm always kind of wondering like, okay, well, what's the next step? And we want to be ahead of that and be able to give them the next step before they even start to wonder, oh, what should I be doing next? Yes. Okay. I'm glad you said that. And that's kind of why I cut myself off because I knew you'd either have feedback or a question for me here. And one of the things that I also put here in my notes, I did not want to forget to mention is that part of your client experience, the goal of this is to be proactive. You want to get ahead of problems, of objections, and of excuses. And you want to beat your client before they ask you about it. Now, there are some clients who I can totally empathize with because I am a type A, like I want to know what's happening five years from now. But also, <laughs> also I realize when you're working, um, you know, with whatever industry you're in, the other person probably has a process um, and will address me before the event actually happens. And so this is just meant, this is just a reminder for you to do your absolute best to create that client experience to where they don't have to feel like they're, they're bothering you because again, that's going to affect the overall feel and experience they're having, which is why this is called a client experience. So yes, I agree, Ashley. It absolutely is the way your client feels. And I will be honest, I think a lot of clients probably start to get discouraged before their session ever starts based on lack of communication alone. Oh, I would agree. I would love for you to kind of share with us some of that. How can we kind of get ahead of that? How can we 
set those expectations in advance and give them sort of the flyby view of what to expect throughout, you know, the journey with us. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'll take my business as an example here just because I have it memorized like the back of my hand. But for family photography, typically there's no big rush to them planning their family photos, but I do book about three to four months in advance. And again, I'm dealing with all types of personalities. So I have to take that into consideration. I'm dealing with procrastinators who wait till the last minute. And I'm talking like the night before the session to actually get everything together and make sure that all of the clothing items we went over fit. And so I have to think of them. And then again, back to my type A um, example, she wants to know the minute she books and pays for that session, every step. Okay. So one of the things that I like to do to combat both of these people is I have a client overview. So it shows the journey. It's an, it's a one pager and it shows the exact steps that is going to be taken. You can do this with a template. You can add this in like a client welcome guide. You could literally just have it in an email with like a little image they could save to their phone just so that way they can refer back to it. Um, But that's going to really help your people that are planners and that want to know exactly what to expect. And then for your procrastinators, I have an email sequence and I have it, you know, pretty much timed perfectly to where they're going to get reminders as we get closer to the session on certain things that I need. So one of the things is I like to have them fill out a questionnaire the day after they book their session because they're still excited. We still got plenty of time before we really have to start stressing about planning for this. And I want to get them while they're excited and while they've got time to, to fill out a questionnaire. So they'll fill out my questionnaire and I would recommend in your questionnaires to ask like 95% of the information that you need to know to be able to help um, prep them for their session and then just helpful things that you want to know leading up to the session. Um, And then we will, if they don't fill that out, then they get a reminder about two weeks later, like, hey, I saw that the questionnaire hasn't been filled out. I was just wondering if you could take you know, five minutes out of your day and just fill this out for me, it will really help me deliver to the best of my ability. And so then they typically fill it out that second time. Um, And then we give reminders. So email reminders, and these are for things like, hey, I just want to make sure that you remember, A, you have a session coming up. Um, And then I'm giving them reminders two weeks, one week, five days before. And then at that point, we move into texting my clients. And that way, if they have any last minute concerns, weather changes, um, cancellations, anything like that, that is notified through text message so that we are very prompt on responding to each other. So hopefully that helps a little bit, give you some tangible things to implement. Yes, I love that so much. And I love the idea of the one pager for the planner, the one who's like, give it all to me right now. (laughs) That is awesome. Do you put like um, key dates or anything like that? Or I'm kind of just curious of like, is it just like step one, step two? What does that sort of look like? Um, Yeah, so we we have a couple of different templates for that, but we, it's basically like once, once you've booked your session, here's what happens. The next one is once you fill out your questionnaire, this happens. And then there's a couple of parts where it's like, 
uh, one week prior to the session, here's what you can expect. Um, once your session is over, here's what you can expect. And then it kind of talks about like the sneak peek policy, how long it's going to be for the full gallery delivery, and then what happens after that. And so it's just a, it's a nice bird eye view of everything they can expect. And it lists out every resource that we're going to give to them so they don't have to worry about asking 12 questions about styling when we're going to have a styling consult. So it kind of lets them know what's coming. I love that. And everything that you shared about the client experience, just tying it back to our standing out from the competition, obviously the goal with having an epic client experience is so that now they're going to refer you to all their friends because they had an amazing experience and they're going to come back right year yep. after year, especially for family photographers like you where that, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And one thing too is all of this, like these are the three steps I absolutely want you guys to implement into your business because these are the game changers, right? These, these are definitely game changers for you. This is kind of the roadmap to how you get there. But the other thing too is you might be struggling to get testimonials or you feel like people aren't really sharing your images or they're not tagging you. And I want you not to think that every person that does this means something's wrong with you or your client experience, but I really want you to look at this as a learning opportunity and figure out why. Because I don't have that problem. And my clients have naturally just shown each other and paved the way. Like, this is what you do when you have pictures done. I can't really explain it other than the fact that I really built a solid brand and I infused it into my client experience. And so I feel like people are excited to show that they worked with me. And I want that for you. So if you feel like you're you're getting silence, you're not really getting reviews or testimonials or people are not tagging you or whatever the case may be, it's one of two things. It is either A, we just need to get better about asking for those things and implementing that into the client experience or B, there might be a disconnect somewhere in one of these three steps. And so I, that's why I wanna encourage you to do that because people are talking and they're either talking negatively. Believe me, I've heard it all. Um, there's just so many stories that I can't believe photographers have actually done, but they have and clients do talk. And I don't want that to be you. I want you to be the ones that the clients are raving about, that they're tagging you and people are asking for photographers. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Let that fuel you to following these three steps. And that literally is how you will stand out from your competition. So much good info, Brooke, and insight. Thank you so much. This has been so incredible. I feel like there are so many tangible steps that our listeners can take away immediately and start to implement. So thank you for, for giving those action steps. I always love when my when my guests actually have the steps, right? Because that's more important, I feel like, than just the knowledge. So thanks again. And I would love for you to share with everyone how they can connect with you and where you hang out. Absolutely. So I am, my brand new website is finally up and I'm like obsessed with it. So you guys can go to brookjefferson.com. And if you'll go there, you'll find all my social links, my podcast, everything. So we'll just keep it simple and that'll be easy for you guys to remember brookjefferson.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brooke. This has been amazing. Thank you, Ashley. Oh my gosh, friends. Was that not absolutely incredible? 
I love all of that wisdom that Brooke brought to the table. You guys know me too. I love branding, could talk about it all day long, but I think she had some incredible insights. So I just kind of wanted to reiterate what she had said about being known for something and really niching down and deciding who it is that you're going to serve and showing up as your most authentic self as that expert in the industry. Number two, building your brand and your reputation, right? Your reputation is part of your brand and infusing yourself into your brand, that personal connection piece that we talked about and how if you want people to stick around and pay attention to your business when they're not in need of a photographer, you have to give them something to grab onto, something in addition to your beautiful photography for them to want to um, show up and hang out for. And then finally, crafting that client experience, that epic experience that turns your clients into raving fans. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot of it, share it out on Instagram and tag me at the purpose gathering and Brooke at Brooke Janae photography. That's J A N A E and share with us your biggest takeaway from today's episode. As always, Mama, I am here rooting for you, and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You can do hard things, and life is about more than just surviving. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. To become a part of our free online community and connect with like-minded mom photographers, head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this girl, and I can't wait until next time.